love those answers. Yeah. Like, it was good. I know. I was like, I will, I'll, I'll give you more info. <laughs> just not on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom identity. What does that look like? Fully him and us and fully us and him. I love that whole concept of identity. It just <laughs> scratches many itches. The Lord, you know, has created you independently. He doesn't want you to look or replicate anybody but Jesus. Beware of those who say you can't. The enemy will always attack your identity with the word can't. Be healed, whatever it is. It's okay to be just you. It's okay. I don't think you can truly come alongside your spouse until you are whole yourself. Welcome back to the Lebanon House of Prayer podcast. We are so glad you are with us. And listen, this is the most requested podcast we have out of our 10 subscribers. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But this was the most requested, actually, to have all the women come and be on the podcast. So we got April Perkins from Firebrand Global. We got my beautiful wife, Brooke Seabright, (laughs) here at El Hop. And then we got Cindy McCorkle, Becoming Love Ministries. So we have got, and the only one we're missing is Corenda, but we didn't have an extra mic. But we're going to get an extra mic and we'll get her on, okay? (laughs) So... Uh, we wanted to talk here in our podcast about kingdom identity. And I know you guys have been doing some discipleship on kingdom identity and just women, kingdom identity. What does that look like? What does that mean? So we're going to start with April and we'll just work around and whatever we get to, we'll go for it. Okay. Kingdom identity. So I think it is for me, kingdom identity is coming under the, authentic relationship with the Lord of, you know, his belovedness for you and just dismantling everything that religion has taught you, everything that legalism has taught you and um, just all those mechanisms that were taught and just really coming into who we were created and designed to be. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's good. Babe, hit us up. Yeah, so I I really would say kingdom identity is is walking in in the fullness of all that Jesus has made available, um, and really just you know walking that process of freedom and healing and wholeness that like everything God puts his hand on that we just, it's a continual yes. It's like that daughtership, like adoption, like, you know, fully him and us and fully us and him. Like that makes, you know, kingdom identity and it's a journey. It's not, I always say that, you know, it's not an arrival place like, oh, all of a sudden we're there, right? Like we're all on the journey and like we're all learning kingdom identity as we go, like learning who we are and and learning just really what God has made available. Um, and I've, been, I've just been studying this recently that I just am really convinced that if we truly knew what Jesus did for us on the cross and really what his blood did, that um, we, would, we would walk, I think so many times, we walk far below, far below what Jesus actually made available, which is why I feel like so many times we stay stuck, right? Um, And so if we could just embrace the reality and walk,
walk in the reality of what he's made available, um, I just believe that that kingdom identity would would really become our reality and our identity. So mm. I love that. Yeah. Cindy, tell us what you think. Golly. Um, I love that whole concept of identity. It just mm-hmm. <laughs> scratches many itches. Yes. Um, I, I think one of the things that with identity that is the most important that we realize is that who we are, and this is such a hard concept, I think, for women to grasp, was handpicked by God. I describe it as like uh, going to okay, the Golden Corral, you know, whatever, with all the rows of food yes. and God going through and going double portion here, skip those three things. Yeah. This over yeah. here and that there and two of this <laughs> and three of that, they're going to definitely need seven of this and skip this whole section. They don't need that. And he yes. divinely picks and chooses exactly what he knows he needs us to be crafted to do and be for the furtherance of his yeah. kingdom. It's not for us. Yeah. That, that's so self-centered and so yes. short-visioned. It's for his kingdom. Yeah. Right. And all of those things that he picks out and he places in us, those gifts, those skills, those talents, those callings, that vision, those desires, those passions, all those things that he places inside of us, he hand-chose in certain amounts to fulfill his kingdom through our life. Mm. That's kingdom identity. And therefore, then we're able to fulfill the destiny. Yeah. And those are, those are the same coin, two sides. Identity is one side and destiny is the other. Yeah. Love that. I love that. And that specifically for for women, because each one of you, you know, are married to a minister, but also have your own ministry. Each one of you, you know, Cindy, I know you deliverance, Brooks deliverance, uh, April's a lot of women identity, beloved discipleship. Uh, discipleship adoption. <laughs> so so what does that look like for women? Like, what does it look like? Because you talk about that, like God chose us or chose you. And I know, Brooke, you've also talked about, you know, where the neck Walk in turns the, the head, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah, the idea so of women influence, <laughs> right? But we don't want a neck ache, right? So what does that look like to come alongside? Right? I don't want a neck <laughs> right. ache. Oh we, don't, we don't, right? But what it's does true. it look like to come alongside and partner together as one in marriage and kingdom identity. So I don't know who wants to start. Who wants to jump in on it? Cindy. I don't know. They're pointing at Cindy. They're like, hey, you take this. Here's the hop. I don't think you can truly come alongside your spouse until you are whole yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If you're broken, you will only bring broken pieces into that relationship. Yeah. You will. You. I hate to say this in a lot of ways. Um, and, and let me just preface, um, wholeness is not perfection. Yeah. yeah. I still That's burn good. dinner. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I still sometimes forget things. Yeah. Right. The list can go yes. on of where my, I'm imperfect and yes. I don't get it correct. <laughs> but my identity being whole and complete and, yeah. and focused and settled in him then allows me with a confidence to come alongside my spouse. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing because if we don't do that, then those who are not married, then they don't feel like they can really ever have that calling and that purpose and or ministry on their own. And I think a lot of women have been disenfranchised in that way who were called by God to fulfill a ministry and a calling. Yes. And so I just want to go right there to that. You do not have to have a spouse. You do yeah. not have to be married yeah. to a spouse to have a calling, a destiny, and, a, yes. and an anointing from God to raise up something that has been dead or never been birthed. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. That's, that's the first thing. So yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> let me just put that in, in no, there. No, I love that. Um, 
as far as coming alongside with your spouse, um, I believe there's a, a beautiful picture of an interdependence. Mm. I'm not a codependence and not an independence, yeah. but an interdependence. If I'm codependent, then I'm unable to fulfill what God's called me to do and what he's asked me to be because I then only depend on what Rob does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wait. And then when he says, jump, I jump. Or yeah. he says, you know, whatever, I do it. That That's not the way God gifted. He put things in me to fulfill. Yeah. Right. So I can't be the codependent and only be who God's asked me to be because of him. At the same time, we can't be two trains running mm-hmm. on different tracks yeah. because then we're going to end up in two, de- two different destinations. And that's not why God joined us together. Yeah, That's good. God joined us together for an interdependence. And the realization is that he has, Rob has strengths and I have strengths mm-hmm. and he has weaknesses and I have mm-hmm. weaknesses. And sometimes we both have weaknesses. Yeah. And when you put the two of us together, I often have said, if you put his brain and my brain together, you might have a whole pastor. <laughs> we used to say that when we pastored because neither one are really, we're not yeah. really gifted Pastor to do pastors, <laughs> pastor yeah. things. I don't yes. know. That's yeah, <laughs> the pastor things. Yeah, Surface, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's just not how God put us together. Yeah. We're not pastors. Right. Um, but if you put us together, we pretty much could plug the holes that needed to be plugged, even yeah. though they were weaknesses in both of our areas. Mm. So I guess I would like to leave that with that concept that being married to a minister and having a ministry myself, there's an interdependence. There's yeah. a weaving together that makes a stronger, um, stronger ministry in, yeah. in that yeah. sense. There's yeah. such, well, there's such anointings and giftings that you have that you bring, you know, cause you come to LHOP. And so the things that you release are like, wow, you know, so mm-hmm. you guys, oh, it's just beautiful to see you guys function yeah. together and how Rob, you know, really champions that, right? Well, we, like, we honor each other. Yeah. I mean, we That's honor beautiful. the strengths that each one of us have. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I remember when God called me, I went six months going, excuse me, what the heck are you thinking? I mean, literally, <laughs> right, that, that's right. a conversation I had with yeah. God. I said, and then I would say, do you know who I'm married to? Have you ever heard him teach? I mean, he can preach like nobody else. I've heard one bad sermon in 30 yes, some years. What girl, are you thinking? I. I mean, we had this conversation for six yes. months because I was not going to step into something that that's just seemed so like, a, a win. I had to know that I was called and that there was something he was asking me to do yeah. to bring alongside. And so um, I honor what God has done in Rob and, and the fruit of that and what the, from the golden crow, yes. what was picked out and stuffed in Rob. I honor that. Yeah. 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 That's really That's good. So yes. good. I love yeah. that. I love that. <laughs> Babe. Yeah. So I, I, I would say this, um, you know, I talked with our discipleship group on Sunday about this, you know, when we would travel in, and go to these different churches, when we were in ministry on the road, um, we would often say, you and I would often say that a lot of times you, and not always, but a lot of times you could tell the condition of the church based on where the pastor's mm-hmm. wife yeah, was. So and, and this, and the Lord just began to show me, um, at that time in that season, just how influential God made women to be and, and really just the influence and really, you know, the way that mm-hmm. we carry as women. And we and- live literally have the ability to affect our husbands. And I said to these women on Sunday, we can use that for the kingdom or we can use that for the enemy. Like there's no middle ground of that, you know, like we 
we're either going to champion or we're going to, you know, tear down. I mean, there's not really, there's not a middle place there, you know? And so... I, you know, it's so important, you know, especially in partnership and ministry for women to find, like, I just tell, I tell our women all the time, like, be healed, whatever it is that needs to be healed. Like, it's all, it's different for all of us. Our journeys are different, but it's so important because ultimately we do, like, we affect our homes, like, we affect our spouse. We affect our children and what we don't as women get free from, it affects the whole household. And we we have way more weight um, than we even realize. Um, and I, I did say that, you know, that's the, the, the saying that we're the neck that turns the head, but it's really in a lot of ways true, you know? Really and so my, you know, my challenge for women in this hour is that we would just be free, like from all the insecurities and just, oh, all the jealousy and all those kinds of things, comparison that we would know, like you said, that we were made, like we were made for this hour. We were made to have a voice. We were made to come alongside of our spouses, or even if you don't have a spouse, like we are called with destiny and purpose. And if we don't get free, it's going to affect every relationship Mm -hmm. around us and mostly our spouses. That's good. That's really good. April. So I would say um, to that, um, I agree completely with what Cindy and Brooke said, but I would also add that to be completely vulnerable, you know, with the Lord, have that intimate relationship with him, that face-to-face on a daily basis, and to take the expectation off your husband of thinking that he can fulfill everything that you're looking for. That's good. only the Father can do that. Yes. Only the Lord Yahweh can do that. He's right. the only one that can source that. And I yeah. think for me, early on, and you know, Michael and I've been married twenty years now, and I had to learn that early on because otherwise, you know, we would be just, he would never meet those expectations. Right. Yeah. And the Lord would begin, you know, to show me, okay, your expectations are unrealistic. Yeah. Yes. And they're not even, you know, that's not what I have in mind for you. What I have in mind for you when I partnered you with Michael was to compliment each other. Yeah. You know, in your anointings, in wow. your, in your giftings. Yeah. Yes. Um, and to, you know, to be okay walking in that, but also to, you know, to be vulnerable with the Lord in, in my insecurities, in the things that, you know, I'm questioning about, you know, and to let him in on that process. Because the Lord often will speak to me in those times where I'm, you know, just, um, you know, having that face-to-face with him. And he'll work out a lot of things that um, before, you know, it gets out of hand, I should say, or, you know, it turns into something that it shouldn't. Right. And um, honoring. I'm a huge on honor. I believe that you honor your husband, you cover your husband. Yeah. Um, in ministry, the women are the first line of defense. Yeah. We are the shock absorbers. We are the ones so that true. are feeling everything in the room. Um we're the ones that are hearing the murmurs. We are the ones yeah. that, you know, we are trying to cover. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, we don't, um, it's, you know, very important not to internalize that. Yeah. Yes. That's good. That is so good. And I, well, I know you both have pastored and currently in evangelism and 
you were running a prayer room, whatever that looks like. But <laughs> one, uh, one of those things, I wanted to just address that because what we found on the road is we found mostly yeah. hurt pastor's wives because they like, I love that word shock absorber, yes. right? But what happened is we found those arrows begin to stick, yeah. right? Like they found yes. in the soul and they would begin to burn. Yes. And so the pastor wife was incapacitated, yes. right? And needed healing, right? So yes. talk about that. So I think, um, and you know, just speaking from personal experience and then other friends that I have that have been pastor's wives, there's this unrealistic expectation that a pastor's wife has to look like a certain model has to fit a certain mold or they have nothing to offer the church. They have nothing to offer. And it's completely opposite of that. Um, And so when I'm, you know, speaking into women or sharing, you know, just the Lord, you know, has created you independently. He doesn't want you to look or replicate anybody, but Jesus, Yeah, you know, he wants you to, you know, to just, you know, show Jesus, that's it. Yeah. And it's gonna look different than me. It's gonna look different than somebody else. I mean, my goodness, the women that um, that have sewed into me, I have, you know, parts of their DNA, but I'm very different in, yeah. you know, how how I, you know, partner with Michael ministering. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And it took me a long time to be okay with that. Um, but it also, I think, took somebody that was speaking into me that said, it's okay to be just you. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Because you are who God designed you to be. Yeah. You don't have to perform. You don't have to be anybody that you're not created to be. Yeah. That's so good. Babe, talk about that. Talk about the the arrows that we've seen on the yeah. road and just a little bit of healing, yeah. like healing journey. Yeah. So we when we would go to these churches, a lot of times we would get the personal time, of course, with the pastor and wife, you know. So we a lot of times we would get the nitty gritty, really, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just say nine times out of ten, the pastor's wife was hurting. And it broke my heart. And I even, you know, could get emotional about it because they take so much. Yeah. Pastor's wives take so much. And yeah. my friend Ray, who's a pastor's wife here at the Salvation Army, she said statistically, a, a pastor's wife is the hardest job yeah. on the planet. Um, and I think as women, we, of course, you know, God made us naturally more of high feelers and a lot of us are intercessors and high discerners. And so, you know, a lot of these women are, you know, prophetic and, you know, maybe wouldn't use that language, but, um, and so uh, there's a lot of just misunderstanding and like you said, high expectation and pressure, and there's just not permission, you know, for them to be who they are are and they need people desperately you guys to come alongside of them and and really to let them know that what's inside of them is God-given I think so many times they carry these things that have not been accepted by Mm -hmm. the church and their people and their families so they these pastors wives need permission like they need permission to walk in who they were made to be and um, you know so it just my heart goes out to pastors, wives, truly. Um, and so I just pray that, you know, this next season really for these pastors, wife, that there would just be, man, such a, just a massive healing across the earth over these. So, yeah. Oh, so good. Cindy, you said something to me uh, a couple months ago 
about, right? I remember. I remember he this. These yes, things. I remember these things. Because you've been talking about how we're created with yeah. identity, right? Like each one of us is so unique. And then you said something and it just stuck. You said, you know, when we when God gives us an assignment, that we have spiritual armor that suits the assignment, yeah. right? Yeah. And so just share a little bit about that because that's what kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, interesting. I already had that open. Ah, <laughs> look at that. This wasn't even planned. Right. Um, the whole concept of David is is one of those areas that I, I really love to look at when I look at identity. Yeah. And the whole situation with David and Goliath, let me just add two other ones that I think yes. are very applicable to really anyone in ministry, but especially women. Um, it, there were three, uh, I call them wars waged before he ever met Goliath wow. at the starting line. And the first one came through his family, which is his brother. I think mm. it's Eliab, I think is how you pronounce it. And I, I'll just read this because it's just yeah. like, I just want to smack this boy and just say, <laughs> sit down, be nice <laughs> yes. to your brother. He's going to be the king. Yeah. But his <laughs> older brother says to him, why have you come down? You can just see it with the hands on the hip. And why have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart, for you've come down in order to see this battle. So David's bringing bread and cheese to his brothers and right. to the leadership of the, the children of Israel. And his brother right off the bat just goes right at him, mm. right at him. And here's Daniel's, uh, D David's statement. This is first Samuel uh, 17. He says, what have I done now? Yeah. Mm. And that word now, when I, I've read that a gazillion times, and that word now means there's history here. Yeah. Yeah. I've already, I, I, obviously we've been down this road before that I've yes. done something that you don't like yeah. and who God created me to be is not okay with yeah. you. Wow. Not okay with yeah. you. And now, once again, I've stepped on something that you are yeah. not happy with. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's one thing as pastors' wives, as women in general, women in ministry, there is an expectation that sometimes comes from our family yeah. that that is not an okay role for us to be in, wow. to be a leader. Right. That our job yeah. is to be able to be the, 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 uh, the helpmate. Mm -hmm. To come alongside, but don't lead. And don't mm -hmm. think you have your own identity or don't think right. you should right. go out there. Right. There can be pressure from families yeah. on that. That's really um, good. And so that, that's, that's one thing right there that I wanted yeah. to go. The second thing yeah. is, um, then Saul says, you can't go out there and fight Goliath. Beware. <laughs> Beware of those who say you can't. Mm -hmm. yes. The enemy will always attack your identity with the word can't. That's really good. The enemy always attacks your identity with the word can't. Yeah. God will say don't. Yeah. And don't is a different word with a yes. different intent. Don't is because he knows your eternity. He knows all that he's called you to do. He knows everything, everything that he wants you to do. And if you do that thing that he's saying don't do, it's going to take you off track. Look mm. what happened to David later. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's good. Do not commit adultery. He did. It took him off track. God's don't is very different than man's can't. Yes. Mm. That's really Man's good. can't will take your identity right out at the, at the heels. And then, of course, right. we go to Saul again, and Saul wants to put on David's armor. Put, have Saul, David wear Saul's armor. Yeah. And David's like, first of all, it's not my size. I can't wear this. And the yeah. sword's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you just see this right. little kid just yes. dragging it yes. so long and there's this get, trail in the dirt, you know, and it gets clanking along and yeah. the helmet's clear down here. I mean, just, I, I just yeah. see things like that, you know? He's like, really? Yeah. Really? First of all, you tell me I can't. Well, no, I really can't. And, and, yeah. 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 and he picks up who his identity is. Right. The, the shepherd boy with a slingshot and five stones and a little bag. <laughs> and he already had defeated a lion and a bear with that. Grabbed him by the beard and said, who do you think you are? They're my sheep. Yes. You know, defeated him in the identity that God had called him to be. Yes. Mm. I, 
identity mm. had called him to be. And he defeated Goliath in that same identity. Yeah. And that moment we walk outside of that identity of who God has created us to be, we open ourselves up to become vulnerable to whatever the enemy wants to place us to be yes. and yes. the calling that he places. But when you go into David later, I think it's First uh, Kings, uh, anyhow, where he sins again, it goes to he sins in chapter 11, Second Samuel chapter 11. It says, in the spring of the year when the kings went out to war, yeah. David remained in Jerusalem. Right. He forsook his identity that God had called him to be, to be a king. He remained in Jerusalem. He took on a different identity. And from that point, what did he become? An adulterer, a man full of lust, a murderer, a liar. Does the, does the list go on and on and on? He then took on all the identities that the enemy had wanted to place on him since he was in his mother's womb. Wow. wow. Yeah. Because he did not walk in the identity of who he was at that moment, which was to be the king, to go out in the spring of the year and slay the enemies. Wow. wow. That's and then good. the enemy came in and yeah. slayed him. Wow. Yeah. Slew him. Slew him. <laughs> yeah. Slew. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is. That's so really good. good. That's well, guess what? Our time is up. That 20 minutes went by fast. Babe, fast. pray us out. Pray us out yeah. for all the, the just women to walk in identity. Yes. Yeah. So Father, we thank you for those of us who have joined us today. And Father, we just speak a blessing over every listener today. We speak kingdom identity yes. to become a reality in every listener. We pray, God, that, that these listeners, God, would walk in the fullness, the fullness of all that you have made available, Jesus. We bless your name today, and it's an honor to speak on your behalf in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. We're going to do another one, right? Let's do another one. That was fun.